Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It says starting. Okay, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is, we're going to tell you the actual day instead of the day that this is going to come out. But the day we're recording is Monday, April 20th, also known as 420. Not sure why people keep saying that online, but I keep seeing it. So I imagine it's something completely legal and normal. Um, and a happy holidays getting thrown around. So, John, I suppose happy holidays to you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm enjoying my holiday during the podcast here. So see how that's great. It goes. Yeah, I imagine that's a normal thing. Uh, and there's nothing weird about that at all. Um, it's legal, so man. it's legal. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. So guys, hey, good to, good to uh, see you all or hear from you all again. Um, we are back. It's been two weeks, two more quarantine weeks, but that doesn't mean things haven't happened, both in football and in basketball. Um, before we jump in, thank you to everybody who joined us again last week for our rewatch of the 2014 Rose Bowl. Uh, that literally will never get old to me. So that was great. Enjoyed that very much. Um. And we will be doing that again next week, kind of rotating again. Uh, but let's let's kick it off here with some basketball. Don, yeah, some man. things have happened since the last time we checked in. A couple big moves happening today. You are either celebrating or mourning the signing of 2021 class Pierre Brooks, the second, yes. I believe. Um, the number one player in Michigan is deciding where he's going to take his talents. And uh, that would be a massive get, um, as always, for Tom Izzo. You always want to secure the state. Um, but Pierre Brooks is a guy, 6'5", shooting guard, um, just a stud. He's been on uh, the radars of many for a long time, top 100 player. Um, a little surprised he wasn't ranked higher. Um, but, again, number one player in Michigan, almost most sites are unanimously saying. So, um, that would be a huge get. Uh, I believe his final three were Xavier, Michigan State, and Michigan. So um, hoping to kick off that class with a bang. Before we get there, the 2020 roster has yet to round out in the form. Um, where we left you last, where there were a couple of transfer candidates uh, or and uh, recruits on the board, all been whittled to one. Uh, Amari Hardy from UNLV has since committed to Oregon. He um, was considered because he is from Farmington originally, um, but that whittles the 2020 guard, or I guess all 
um, prospect class down to one Kareem Maine. You've heard us talk about him in the past. Five-star combo guard um, from Canada. He's also considering Marquette. Um, if there's any news about him, it's actually what's happened around him. Marquette actually um, didn't want to risk it, probably smartly, and went and picked up Ohio State's DJ Carton, um, who is a, a guard uh, for the Buckeyes last year. A lot of people thought that that might have signified that Marquette was um, just making the play for the sure thing. Uh, or maybe they even felt that Kareem Maine was no longer favoring uh, the Golden Eagles. So either way you look at it, you, worst case scenario, it's it's no news. Best case, it's a really good sign for Michigan State as he decides where he takes um, his talents. And he has uh, floated the possibility of going professionally like some mm-hmm. other folks um, in that we're planning on signing within the Big Ten. Austin, I know you had some thoughts. Yeah, uh, that was uh, it was an eventful 12 hours. And, and listen, you know, part of the part of this whole thing is tongue in cheek. You know, as a Michigan State podcast, we reserve the right to uh, talk about and make fun of our friends in Ann Arbor whenever possible, uh, as we would expect from them as well. Uh, and and Michigan fans who made a Michigan State-esque mistake, I must say, in hoping for a dream recruiting class. Um <laughs> which would include uh, previously committed five-star center Isaiah Todd, formerly number one player in his class, I think he was still top 10, and another top 10 player in five-star shooting guard, Josh Christopher. And in the span of, I think oh, it was about 12, 12 hours, uh, both most of them. Most of which were sleeping, which was even better. Right, which was great. So we were awake. for It was pretty much Josh Christopher ends up choosing – uh, Arizona State, we go to bed laughing, wake up to the news that Isaiah Todd has decided to go to the G League, continue laughing. In a quarantine where things have been, you know, not the most joyous, uh, this was a great stretch of time. So for, for Michigan fans, my our Michigan brethren, uh, I don't really feel bad necessarily. Uh, after all, it's hard for me. I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's Michigan or not. Like Michigan State has faced so many tough recruiting losses on the trail. Um, I mean, go back to Caleb Swanigan decommitting. You can go back to Josh Jackson, Jabari Parker. I mean, there there are so Vern many. Clint Alexander, huh? Even Vernon Carey last year. I mean, this this has has happened to MSU. I would say uh, a seemingly inordinate amount. So I don't have a lot of pity, but I can certainly relate, and I can certainly understand how much that hurt. Uh, and Michigan now is is in a really interesting place as a team going into next year because with these two things happening so late in the recruiting cycle, there's really not a lot to replace uh, those guys. I think MSU is in a really interesting and rare position to be in it so late with a guy like Kareem Maine. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michigan did get a recruit from the Ivy League who will certainly take a lot of shots, but I don't know if he's going to bring Mike Smith, I believe is his name. He's going to knock it bring a ton to the table. Generic name. Yeah, I believe it's Mike. Yeah. Player, player seven. Um, yeah, so, so tough, tough little stretch for our friends in Maize and Blue, John. So I, I want to continue to talk about that, um, not just to rub it in their face, but to, to I think it's just a testament to how difficult recruiting really is, which is obvious, right? For sure. We see Izzo seemingly doing a pretty good job of, of placing choice bets, but never getting burnt too badly. And we've seen him get burnt a little bit when um, the one and done stuff started. 
And it feels like even when he didn't land Vernon Carey last year, it was like, okay, we're okay. The class wasn't ruined. And that's a big Mm -hmm. difference, right? Between being like, where do we go from here? It's mid-April. There's not even a plan D option. Like there's nothing left. And you got to be, you got to think about those things. Um, So yeah, Juwan Howard wanted to- That's a valuable point though, John. Uh, Just to quickly touch on one thing. You talk about there being no plan D, no, no time for anything. I mean, when you think back about the the guys that Michigan State has gotten that maybe were that plan D, plan C, whatever, you think back on guys that ended up contributing. Gavin yeah. Schilling, Alvin Ellis. Um, I would uh, – what's it? Tum Tum? <laughs> Always a controversial name on Mark this. Mark Clark. Uh, Von Bat. Yep. Um, I mean, those guys ended up leaving early, but in their time definitely made an impact. I think you could be seeing the same thing with Julius Marble uh, as his career progresses. So a lot of, you know, to, to not have even the ability to to get that guy and to have to, you know, really just be left kind of flapping in the wind is is tough. So, um, that, especially when you're losing two, you're losing a lot of other good upper class players from your roster. So it, it's, it's, it, it, it was a tough stretch for them. So reap, you kind of reap what you sow though. Right. And, and when I yep. say that, I mean, when you go and, and you want a big game hunt with some, some seasoned vets out there, you better be pretty damn sure your bag is full. And, and it wasn't, and, um, they got burned and they look silly. And I think, yep. Sorry, John, go ahead. I'm just, and and, you know, it's, it's, I just find it interesting that, uh, you know, Michigan fans who are, you know, off season champions in football quite often, they became off season champions in basketball, despite their ninth place finish. And I just can't feel that bad for them when they start talking about how they're going to be top five, um, national champion candidates going into this season. And then, they forget it's it. None of those guys were really signed. And they, right. you know, they were already putting, putting the rosters together and talking about minute breakouts. It's like, folks, yeah, slow down. So, uh, I mean, the tea leaves were sort of there with Todd, uh, took some, took Michigan out of his Twitter bot, which, you know, it's, it's, it's very inexact science, obviously, but, but the kids. Yeah, they, they, there were some signs, right. There were some signs there. Um, and good on the G league too. Like, I, you know, read a little bit into the offer, basically, that uh, both Jalen Green, the number one recruit in his class, which is the same, which is 2021, I believe. I think he's reclassifying and going there. Um, And additionally, that I believe Isaiah Todd are going to get in it includes, I think, uh, good on the G League, like I was saying, for putting this program into place, because it's not just like they're, oh, we're just going to play in the G League. If they're getting... Uh, they're going to basically like your your European, particularly European soccer. They have these academies, mm-hmm. except they're used typically run by organizations. This is run by the league instead of by a program. Um, and they're getting, I think it's like 500K plus a um, full college tuition. They're getting college paid for. So I think that finished. little, when they're done. Yeah. So that little detail to me is really, really powerful. Uh, I think what you're sacrificing, and I had a really interesting conversation on Twitter about this, what you're sacrificing in the short term is the marketing power of the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, you, what you're foregoing in money, you're getting, I mean, think about 
listen, Zion would be a hit anywhere. We don't think playing for Duke helped up his it did. It did. marketability. I mean, it, that's a that's a something that the NCAA will always have, and I think will will probably be part of the reason why they choose not to change more than they choose to change. Um, so good on the G League. I wonder though, because I feel like a chess move was made, and then the NCAA has an opportunity to counter move here, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think they're going to match or by any means but i think they have to start to consider um buckling a little bit they are so damn lucky that the xfl um crumbled because of this pandemic because the xfl was ready to become a competitor to the ncaa in the sense that yeah why would you not go and play in, in a better league if you could to prep yourself for the NFL. You know, what's the advantage? The goal is the pros, right? And who's to say that they don't, that Vince McMahon, you know, who is a billionaire, didn't turn around and say, you know what, Trevor Lawrence, we'll pay you a stupid amount of money to come for one year in my league. And then go to the NFL. I totally agree with that. And I also think that one thing the XFL had that it'll be interesting to see if the G League gets is, uh, television exposure and big money TV contracts. I think that's where the G league kind of lacks behind right now mm-hmm. uh, and is light years behind where the NCAA is. It's just sheer exposure on national television and, you know, the genuine fan base interest at this point, I think if they can start becoming something that gets heavily televised, the basketball is an incredibly popular sport. Assuming the world goes back to normal at some point, you know, I would think that if, if they're touting, you know, they're rolling out several five-star guys. I'm not sure you'll ever get the the rabidness of the college fan base because of what going to college means to people and like identifying with that, you know, why Michigan State's so important to us and why people are listening to this mm-hmm. program. I don't think that ever really develops in a minor league system of any sport um, nationally, maybe locally, but uh, I, I do think it'll be a very interesting route to see you know, kind of, kind of how they, they evolved this thing and not to get too far down this path. So we do have other stuff we want to talk about, but I actually think that if it does become a powerful entity in a lot of ways, it helps Michigan state because I think it allows, does MSU get one and done? If they get Kareem Maine, Yes. I mean, I think Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges obviously stayed two years, but he is for all intents and purposes, a one and done type talent, mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson, the list goes on. But I think what Izzo likes to do and what programs I actually think Michigan State probably benefits the most of any blue blood program because they're really the only one of the very few, if not the only one, that's not built on one and done type guys like Duke. Yep. And, and it's not that they can't get elite players, but the top of the top that they're getting is not going to go to college anymore if the G League alternative is real and the NCAA doesn't make huge changes. So, whereas Michigan State might not get that A one every single year, if they're getting the you know the 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 B one or the A minus or whatever that next tier down is that they do really really well in. Um, they might be as benefit. They might benefit from this as much as anybody. So that's that's another talk for another day. But I thought this whole process of the of what happened with Michigan and these guys opened up some really interesting doors. I think it's the first real, you know, test case for what this is going to look like moving forward for the NCAA and, and NBA's relationship. So it's pretty fascinating stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean. This and more than enough time for us to think about it. So um, that too. Um, that too. Um, and and so let's see. With that, you know, um, 
Michigan State will still will still be waiting to see how the roster runs out. Obviously, still waiting um, for news on Xavier Tillman, Josh Langford, and um, finally, you know, this last spot uh, if it will be filled by Kareem May. So, um, and then you know, who knows if there are any other grad transfers um, that are floating around if and when Kareem Maine doesn't work out. So um, cross that bridge when and if we get there. One thing that is happening this week, which is fantastic, and we all really need it, is the NFL draft. And Uh, there are a handful of Spartans who are um, hoping to have their name be called. I think, I mean, this is going to be incredible because... Basically, GMs are going to have to do what we have done every fall in fantasy draft. <laughs> and it, from the sounds of it, apparently this weekend they had a practice-ish run where they went over the ground rules. And a handful of the GMs couldn't figure out how to uh, hit the old mute button. So <laughs> this could be a wild ride, folks. Um, it, it, that's as relatable of content as you could possibly have right now. In just the given the state of the world. Uh, Very much looking forward to the F-bombs that are screamed when someone oh is drafted. <laughs> I heard, um, I also heard, I read some tweet or something today that apparently like an anonymous GM, his internet wasn't strong enough. And so his mock draft thing that they've created crashed. And it was because <laughs> the rest of his family was on their iPads and their computers <laughs> in the house. And he apparently was on the phone with a reporter and yelled out like, turn off the being iPads and was like (laughs) screaming at everybody. I'm like, wow, this world is a, it's just a wild time right now. I cannot like, I need, I'm so starved for sports that, and and I love the NFL draft anyway. So I'm going to, I would watch no matter what, but like, this is true, true prime time viewing stuff. So do you think that there's going to be like an auto pick feature here? Because people's <laughs> internet isn't working and it's like, their time's up. <laughs> Draft ba- based on the PFF big board. Yeah. Uh, you know what? As a Lions fan, I personally would not hate that option being used quite a bit. Um, <laughs> no trust in Bob, Bobby Quinn, huh? You know, it's just crazy. Like, not to get on a Lions tangent here, but it would be so difficult for them to screw this up. And yet where their uh, life finds a way to quote Jurassic Park. Um, and that might just happen here. So we're, we, there's really no telling what could happen, but like you said, several Spartans hoping to hear their names called um, John, I put it, I, I think let's go through the group and then I want to kind of get your, your thoughts on who and how many might, might actually get drafted. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there are nine names that, not necessarily are being considered drafted, but are like out there for Michigan State. Maybe ten if you include Matt Siebert. Uh, but but regardless, there are probably only five candidates that are even being considered as draftable options right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know we kind of are. I don't know how you feel. I'm kind of at a toss up between. Kenny Wilkes and uh, Josiah Scott as who will have their name called first. What do you think? Yeah, I think so to, to lay it all out, I think, you know, the nine names you're talking of, we'll just go through the list. Kenny Wilkes, Josiah Scott, Raekwon Williams, Joe Bocci, Brian Lewerke, Cody White, Daryl Stewart, 
David Dow, Tyler Higby. Now, a lot of very familiar names to Michigan State fans. Literally only one early declaration in that, or two. No, I guess Cody White declared early too. So two early declarations in there. But guys, the guys that uh, declared played three years. So so guys with solid careers and track track records. Um, I agree with you. I think it's it's pretty cut and dry in terms of tiers here. I think there's kind of like three tiers of three, if you ask me. That top tier is Willikis, Josiah Scott, and I think you can include Raekwon Williams in that discussion. I think even within there, though, Josiah and Willikis kind of set themselves apart as the mm-hmm. earlier two. I'm going to go with Josiah Scott, uh, not by a, not by much, but I think him running a 4-4-2 probably opens some eyes. I think he's got the track record. I think Michigan State's um, – NFL track record with guys like Darquez Denard and Trey Waynes probably does him a little bit of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think when you look at Kenny Willickis, he just does, he's, he's not going to be the level of explosive athlete that you're going to find it. And the NFL wants at his position. Does that mean he can't be successful? Does that mean he shouldn't get drafted? Absolutely not. He's the type of kid, just his mentality, go through his story. It's the cliche walk on to, you know, NFL draft pick guy. And I don't see any reason why he can't be successful in the right system in the NFL. But if I'm a GM, I actually feel good and confident about drafting a guy like Josiah Scott. And the other part is as, as big a premium as there is on edge rushers, edge rushers, he's not a quintessential, Willikas is not a quintessential any position. Josiah Scott can play outside. You could start him at the nickel corner right away. Size wise, he's plenty big enough um, to guard that position. Um, so I think he's just a more instant fit and can, can kind of do what GMs want. So I would go with Scott, but I would not be really surprised if, if uh, Kenny maybe went a little bit earlier if a team fell in love with him. So Josiah is projected around at the earliest, maybe a fourth round pick. Um, so we probably won't hear from him um, on the first day uh, or the second day. Uh, Kenny Wilkes, uh, probably around the same area at earliest, you would hear him in the fourth round, um, but probably more likely in the later rounds. Um, and then, you, as you mentioned, the chef, uh, Raekwon Williams, um, you know, I, well, we talked about this earlier is this is a guy that um, is just going to benefit from the fact that people will look at Michigan State's record and maybe not be blown away but they will see the elite run defense even last year um finishing in the top 20 and he's the consistent key on the past three years of you know elite run defense um granted obviously it's not just him but he is a constant variable and something that you know you can't teach size uh, so this is a guy that I think we think will get drafted maybe uh, probably in the sixth or seventh round. Um, but he's kind of like a very, for me, a very safe pick if you were to be drafting that late. Yeah, I think the interesting part for Raekwon is that he, he systematically is a bit of an interesting fit because he doesn't have like the super quick athleticism that you probably want out of like a pass rushing defensive tackle. He's not really big enough to be a nose guard. So I think where he really fits in is probably as like a three, four defensive end or just a space eating tackle. I don't think either of those things necessarily have a premium put on them from a draft standpoint. So I do think though, if, like you said, if you're thinking guy who's, who's played had a tough role in a tough system produced for three straight years, um, you know, isn't, also an exemplary person like he's just a great 
person in general comes from, you know, a really tough upbringing, picked himself up and, and made a, a hell of a, you know, college career out of that. Um, you know, you're going to get a hard worker, a great person on and off the field. And I think that type of stuff might end up actually setting him apart. Like you said, when it comes to, you know, picks at the end of the draft, you're kind of drafting for, there's two schools of thought. You're either taking super high risk, like we're just taking raw talent and going from there, or you're taking something relatively safe. I think teams probably skew the the latter route in a lot of cases. Um, and uh, I think he could stand a benefit from that. So I would, I, I mean, I could see him going undrafted, but I would just think that all of the intangibles probably set Raekwon up to, to hear his name called at some point, probably fairly late, but at some point for sure. So speaking of folks that you might, might hear very late, um, that's probably only going to be Joe Bocci um, and Brian Lewerke. Um, Bocci obviously going to uh, have to overcome uh, his suspensions and without the in-person interview opportunities, um, which uh, I guess may be taking place, you know, but um, that that's that's always going to be held against him. Um Lewerke has actually had some nice things said about him um, by scouts and GMs who more or less in the nicest way possible talked mad shit about Michigan State's offense. <laughs> I mean, nice. I was going to say nice things were said about him and only him in yeah, those exactly. uh, interviews. So, were, yeah, I would agree saying, with you. Yeah, they were just basically saying, like, this kid clearly has talent. I just am not sure... I've seen it all because of the tools and sheem used. So, um, and you know, we knew that, like that we've been saying it for years. Yeah, it's not, it's not news to Michigan state fans. That's that much is for sure. Uh, I think everybody kind of, yeah, they just said what wasn't said previously. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm a little more bullish on the worky than probably most would be, um, I mean, obviously there's some bias in there, but also I think there's enough on film that you saw that was really good out of Lewerke. And I think if you consider the circumstances, um, you know, in a different world, he's probably got even better numbers. He probably doesn't get mismanaged with his injury and things are a little bit different, but he's got the size. I mean, you hear it's funny. Hand size has become like such a, such a funny thing. But if it is truly a thing for a team, uh, they're going to want Brian Lewerke because he has, I think he had the biggest hands of any quarterback. Mm -hmm. So um, there's that, you know, he can run. He's played in the big 10. He's won big games with his feet and with his arm. I mean, there's a lot to like about him. And I think, you know, quarterback will always be a premium position. I think teams love, most teams kind of operate on that, like add a new guy to the room every year, whether they need him or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a smart, team will take a risk on him seventh round sixth seventh round i mean you know it, it, it it's kind of funny because it's not really a quarterback needy year if you look around the nfl i mean cam newton can't even find a job but uh you know i still think brian will probably benefit from from a lot of that uh a lot of that still just the qb thirstiness if you will that leaves us with a couple of wide receivers who if you look back, actually has some incredible numbers. Um, it just might not translate. Their game might not translate to the NFL. Cody White finished seventh all-time in receptions at Michigan State. Daryl Stewart Jr. finished third all-time in receptions at Michigan State. Um, and as you know, as you're a Spartan fan, the wide receiver position is fairly rich um, in history. 
um, receiving yards as well. Uh, Cody White, 12th all time um, and 16th all time in touchdown receptions. Um, and then for season rece- receptions, last, I believe last year, Cody White finished tied for eighth all time with 66 catches. Um, I mean, these are guys um, that you want. Cody Smith, I just, he didn't have the top end speed that I think a lot of NFL players, co- or excuse me, programs are looking for. And Daryl Stewart maybe does have that speed, but does he have, um, is he able to, to withstand an NFL season with his body type? So. I think there, there are legitimate questions about both. I mean, Cody just doesn't, like you said, doesn't really have the athleticism. He needed to test well to get drafted, and he tested really poorly, um, from a, especially from a speed standpoint, which, which admittedly is not as big a deal as it used to be. Right. And Josh Jacobs ran a 4-6 last year, and he was still a very good NFL running back. As a rookie, terrible short term yep. uh, shuttle runs. And I think the bigger thing that's going to impact, well, I think that that happened for Cody. I think, unfortunately, for Daryl, his story was kind of written regardless before this because, you know, he A, had dealt with a lot of injuries, and B, when he was healthy, he made some really impressive catches. He dropped a lot of balls. Like mm-hmm. Daryl Stewart's tape has some big holes in it. So, I think they both have the chance, especially in a position like receiver that is so in and out and guys get hurt all the time. Teams run through eight receivers a year. You know, there's going to be opportunities, but um, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, it was already tough before for them to get drafted. And now, especially this year, though, when you look at the receiving class, I mean, they're talking about four or five receivers going in the first round alone. And if I was projecting it, I bet only three of them go and more of them get pushed back because people see so much value. Um, So it's, it's looking tough for those two. I mean, listen, Cody White's dad worked in the NFL for a really long time. I'd imagine he's going to have plenty of connections and and both he and Daryl will benefit from that relationship and probably get uh, at least a couple tryouts. I expect them to go to training camps should training camps happen. So obviously rooting for them both and no reason to think that they can't have careers. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would be pretty surprised to be in all honesty, to see them get their names called on, uh, during the draft. The final three, um, where you're probably also expecting guys to get tryouts at camps is on, on undrafted free agents, uh, David Dowell at safety, Tyler Higby at guard and, uh, Matt Siebert at tight end. Um, I don't know a world where those guys make the final 53 for a team. Um, right. but again, who knows, right? Like there's weird things happen. People get injured. All of a sudden a position is a need spot and, um, you are a cheap option. That's not a bad thing. Um, so, but those are other names that, um, that round out the top 10 most likely. And when you hear, uh, Kenny Josiah or Raekwon's name called first, that will be the 80th consecutive year of Michigan state. Spartan has been drafted, uh, the third longest streak in the country. That is that is pretty impressive. So, John, with all of that said, I am curious if I put the line at two and a half Spartans drafted, mm-hmm. over under. Mm-hmm. I would go over, if only because I anticipate one user error in the in the draft and. <laughs> and Someone might accidentally uh, snag the wrong person. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel pretty confident though in Kenny and Josiah being drafted. Um, I guess the the big question is is Rick Quan Williams going to get drafted or one of these reach guys, you know, Joe Bocci or Ryan Lewerke. I don't think Joe Bocci is going to get drafted. Yeah, I don't either. I, I just and then the but maybe Brian Lewerke could be a seventh rounder, but I feel pretty good about Kenny, Josiah, and Raekwon if I had to. My logic on uh, Joe Bocci is so backwards and dumb, but I feel very strongly about it. If Max Bulla's not going to get drafted uh-huh. after, I mean, and admittedly you're, you're talking about a similar situation between what happened with Max Bulla and what happened with Joe Bocci, huge parts of their own teams, you know, get suspended for their final bowl games uh, amid suspicious-ish circumstances. Um, uh, listen, if no one's going to take an, uh, a, a flyer on, on Max Bola, I'm just not sure anybody's going to take a flyer on uh, Joe Bocci. And again, that could that's completely backwards. The two players don't have anything to do with each other aside from where they played and the position they played. But uh, I don't know. That's just kind of what I keep coming back to in my head. Well, certainly doesn't leave a good taste in people's mouths. Uh, so, <laughs> Sorry. But as players leave, new players come in. Austin, before we start to talk about recruit, should we take a commercial break? I think we should. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. We got this right. And we're back. (laughs) Uh, Um, I should really write that down. Okay, here we go. We'll give it a shot. So when we left you two weeks ago, we were taking the stance that maybe it's pretty chill to kind of ease into recruiting. And, you know, no one should pressure anybody to do anything (laughs) crazy. You know, let's just, you know, do our best. Let's all have a good time. Let's just do our best. And you know what? Mel Tucker's been doing his best. His staff, since we last chatted with you, has brought in six um, recruits and one preferred walk-on, I believe. Yes. So that's a lot of folks. It has felt like every, pretty much every other day, you know, every third day is a new name um, hitting the board. And these are guys that um, it's a different type of guy than maybe – you're used to. You want to expand on that? Yeah, I think what's been, you know, it was one of the things that people thought about and asked about the most upon his his coming to East Lansing of, of Mel Tucker was like, well, you know, what's what's his recruiting strategy going to be? What has he done historically? Are there certain types of players, archetypes he looks for? And he more or less came out and said, I'm looking for guys with size. Like I'm looking to get the the big dudes, the guys who, when you look at, like, essentially trying to make the off the bus team. Which personally, I have no issues with at all. <laughs> kind of a big fan of that uh, that that mindset. Um, I think it is an interesting departure, obviously, kind of from the Mark D'Antonio mm-hmm. era, 
um, where you're maybe, I mean, obviously everybody wants big, strong, fast kids, but I think Mark D'Antonio maybe was not as focused on that. It was more focused on, you know, some, some other aspects of, of that, that recruits personality or where they come from or connections and things, things of that nature. Um, now what Tucker has done is like you said, kind of gone, or like I said, kind of com- the complete opposite way. He's recruited guys that just fit the mold and, uh, he can he's counting on his, his coaches to do a great job coaching him up. And it's really evident when you think about these guys. So I'm going to read off, um, the six recruits are Davion Prim, a running back. Ethan Boyd, offensive tackle, Gabe Spida Neely, uh, safety from Florida, Derek Harmon, Detroit uh, defensive tackle, Tyson Watson, also Detroit area defensive end, and today, Antoine Booth, cornerback from from Maryland. I'll talk about each of them a little bit, but I think specifically with Watson, Harmon, and Boyd, three linemen, um, now which side of the ball they end up on, currently, you know, I think these guys are kind of swing, but we're talking Boyd is 6'7", 285. Derek Harmon, 6'3", 320, and Watson is 6'6", 270. Now, even if there's a little bit of padding in there from the recruiting services or from these guys, those are grown men. Those are dudes that physically can come in and play. You're not necessarily recruiting. I think the, the thing I was trying to say with Antonio before is you're recruiting guys that you're looking at, okay, in two years, they'll be physically ready to play. Yeah, it does not appear that that is Mel Tucker's game plan here. Now, will they be mentally ready? Completely different conversation. But physically, they're, they're kind of ready to roll. So. All these guys are three stars. Really excited about them. Boyd specifically is from East Lansing. Great to keep him home. Uh, I think one of the other things that's interesting to note is that Neely and Booth, both defensive backs, first of all, um, are from not the normal Michigan State recruiting territories. Uh, Booth, the one who committed today, is from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, from the athletic powerhouse in DeMatha, which is actually where Darian Harris, former Michigan State linebacker, current coach, um, went to school. And additionally, Neely is from Miami. I mean, how many Michigan State players are from Miami? Probably not that many historically. Uh, so interesting that the the footprint's a little wider. Um, and I think it'll be interesting, too, to see how many of these guys can contribute as true freshmen. Um, I think the the linemen probably have, size-wise, maybe the, the best chance, the two defensive linemen specifically, because if you're big enough, you can kind of play down there um, from day one. But uh, it, it'll be interesting. I think one of the other things that's been cool, too, is to see what Michigan State is doing with the, the quarterback. So they're still trying to land one. Two names that people have heard a lot of are, are Hampton Fay, who is from Texas, I believe, and then uh, Caden Salter. So Caden Salter is a big time. He's kind of the hot name right now. Uh, MSU did a virtual visit with him recently. He's got a, I think he cut his list to a final 11 recently. Yeah, he did. And the top 11 are, um, it's an impressive group. And Michigan State is clearly right in this one. But the group is Auburn, Tennessee, Baylor, Michigan State, Kansas, Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Utah, Ole Miss, and UCLA. Kansas and Arkansas are kind of the outliers there. Well, hold Um, on. Kansas has less, man. Less has bags. It's true. Uh, I'm just saying, yeah, Kansas might be dropping bags. Um, Arkansas still in the SEC. I mean, that is an impressive final list of offers. Um, and MSU is also throwing out some other QB offers to some kids that are getting recruited by Auburn. And I think we're kind of watching this really interesting strategy play out where they're trying to put the pressure on one of these kids or really on Auburn to be like, all right, who, who are you chasing? Which one of these guys do you want more? And so it's been a, it's a cool kind of game of cat and mouse to watch. Um, 
This is probably the most we'll ever talk about recruiting on this podcast because we don't have anything else sports-wise. Well, and one that Mel is pretty good at. You know, he, you go back to his days Mm -hmm. as lead recruiter at Georgia. I mean, he knows how to play the cat and mouse games with the big boys. He knows that game. And that's candidly an area that, you know, Right, not rightly or wrongly, but the D'Antonio regime just didn't play in that area. Yep. And the one time they did, it, you know, didn't go well. And, you know, that sucks. But, you know, so it's just like, can is there going to be an insurgence of talent in this year's class coming out on the campus? I don't know. I mean, right now, um, all the guys you just talked about were, um, by all intents and purposes, three stars. Um, yep. Probably doesn't change after you know, they, they sign, you know, that's just the way the recruiting services work. Um, and you know, for what it's worth, uh, today, I believe Michigan state is the 29th, 28th ranked recruiting class in the country. Um, you know, above a little bit where D'Antonio was a long way to go in the class, you know, it's only six members. Usually you're going to get, um, you know, twice, a little over 20. Yeah. You know, three times the amount here. Um, but that said, um, it's a good start. And like you mentioned, it's cool to see the little mixture of, um, holding down Michigan. You'd like to see, um, land one of the whales in Michigan, Mm -hmm. you know, a top, top five kid if possible. Um, but, but then also not being afraid to, to use all the resources they have. And, you know, Harlan Barnett in Florida, that's your CB for me, right. Um, you know, and then, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, beyond Darian Harris, I don't remember a lot of kids from the East Coast coming coming aboard. You know, hopefully um, Cincinnati and Ohio still become, um, uh, you know, pipelines for. Yep. And then the last piece is you're going to rely on guys like um, Tress and, and Barnett and maybe even Courtney Hawkins to kind of instill like the chip Spartan dog mentality. That's not to yep. say that because just because you're a three-star doesn't mean you have that. You know, that was kind of the thing you were describing that D'Antonio was also looking for. Um, and, you know, not everyone has that. I felt like a lot of D'Antonio's recruits were that. Um, it'd be interesting to see what type of attitude, you know, these guys have, if it's going to be that, you know, chip on the shoulder, or if it's going to be a different, maybe swaggier approach. Who knows? I think what's been really cool just to put a bow on this whole thing, like since this recruiting is heated up, you're seeing a completely different approach to recruiting from this staff. I mean, the coordinated Twitter, uh, the, like gifts of the hammer dragging across the wall, Mel mm-hmm. Tucker being on Twitter, putting out videos all the time, putting out Spotify playlists. I mean, that type of stuff from a branding perspective is a massive step forward for this program. That was really, whether we knew it or not, really, I think we took pride in it. It was a little bit of step behind most people in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this step into the present is a big deal. And I think another thing from a mechanical standpoint, Michigan state's not afraid to put offers out to kids that are committed places. And I don't think you're going to like, I'm just using, this staff is trying to recruit big boy style the way that these other big boy programs do. Now, will it work? Who's to say? But when you look at the guys that are in there doing this, you're talking about a bunch of dudes who have coached at places like Georgia, places like Clemson, even Colorado, like big time. Colorado is certainly not a big time program, but also, I mean, certainly a power five program. 
but th- these guys have been at big places and, and they, they, this isn't new territory for them as much as it might be new territory for Michigan state. So uh, I think recruiting is going to become certainly until we have sports again, super interesting. Um, and even <laughs> past then, I think it'll be, uh, it, it might be a little more eventful than uh, Michigan state fans have been, been used to in the past. Austin, we forgot the biggest recruit that I'm assuming oh, of course. Did this past week. One Patrick Speedy Flowers, 6'1", 187 uh, gigabytes, uh, quarterback, five-star. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen, but some genius out there put their creative player through the entire ringer of recruiting and <laughs> weirdly landed on the Michigan State. I don't know how that yeah. happened. I, but I think the the coolest thing, the funniest thing to me is that they fooled Northern Illinois' recruiting director. <laughs> yeah. They actually were like, hey, where's my offer, dude? And he's like, we did not, we didn't make you an offer. Who are you? And, and he got completely caught. But then he screenshotted this video game and was like, no, you did. Here it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I think the thing about all this, first of all, I love how like creative people are being for this stuff it's just it's just awesome well but they, then it, you this know, dude streamed it like streamed the pic <laughs> on youtube like with hats and everything <laughs> oh i just love it so much but i also just like I, i'm so upset that somebody thought of this before me like really that's the part that's sticking out to me more than anything else is that i'm just very very upset that i wasn't the one to to think about this before other people so uh once i get over that i'll really be able to enjoy the 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 true genius in this move. So, you know, we were thinking about speaking of quarterbacks, um, who might be playing quarterback in the big 10 when, and if football begins again, and we wanted, I don't even know if we ranked them, but we just thought we'd talk about them and what they reminded us of. And mostly just cause we wanted to make another list. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely the, the main impetus behind us for sure. So we uh, decided to take a peek at who might be starting where, and a, we talk about we want to talk about which alcohol um, each of the quarterback reminds us of. Um, we've been doing a lot of the drinking lately, so we thought <laughs> to make it relevant. Yeah, it just felt right. Um, so I kind of ranked these, so they kind of go in order. Okay. Um, so I ranked them and then we compared them to a booze as well, the same way we have been with other people and their maybe who they are at your office or things like that. Um, and so we started order then. You don't agree with it? I agree with the players, right. not the drinks. Right. We didn't rank them by caliber of alcohol. I think that's a very important Got it. clarification. We ranked them by like who we think they are as players and then compare them to an alcohol. alcohol. Yes. So starting at the top, and this is going to come as no surprise to anybody, is Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is all world, universally good. Even if you don't like Ohio State, you have to give him credit for being a superstar, probably a Heisman favorite. And so we compared him. He is a 30-year-old bottle of scotch. He's an event drink. This, like, is, a, this is a bottle that I have a 30-year-old bottle that I only drink uh, one glass when Michigan State makes a Final Four. Or if they were to go to the Rose Bowl, or now that's evolved to college football playoff. I'm I'm pretty close to the bottom. It's pretty yeah. nice. 
I mean, like, no, it's kind of a flex on other people when they're, it's like, oh, that's a nice thing. And you're like, yeah, these are only for special occasions. As a Michigan State fan, there are a lot. Like, yeah, I'm going to have to get another one soon. <laughs> flex. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 30-year scotch is, you know, even if you don't, like you said, you don't even like scotch, you're going to enjoy this drink. It's going to yeah. be smooth. You can appreciate you, you, it. Exactly. You just, again, whether you like it or not, like you said, you appreciate it. Um, the next is Sean Clifford from Penn State. Now, I don't know if this speaks to the caliber of quarterback in the in the Big Ten or if Sean Clifford's actually good. But I think the closest comparison we had for him was a Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it always sounds like a good idea. Like it usually, sounds. Yeah, you're in a tough spot usually when you order it. You know, like meaning I don't want to watch Penn State play football personally. But then you, you get a little, uh, you get a bloody in you, and you're like, this, this is manageable. It's not bad, but but be careful with that Bloody Mary. Because there are some <laughs> bloodies that are amazing, and there are others that are you're going to get not even halfway through and be like, I, I hate that I ordered this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be very boomer bust, I think is a fair way of, of looking at it. Um, and I think that fits Clifford pretty well, because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's good, like, Sometimes it's really good. And then other times it's just not what you were wanting for this moment at all. And you uh, just want to go home like you're out and you're just like, <laughs> it's not happening today, boys. Gotta- I just, I just, it, we just don't have it. It's just, <laughs> just not over here right now. Um, I strongly agree with that sentiment. So, yeah, I think that that's a pretty accurate uh, description for, for our boys, Sean Clifford. The next one, John, is near and dear to your heart. Oh, yeah. And this is, uh, uh, our gopher quarterback Tanner Morgan, who you aptly, aptly compared to a bush light. Yeah, and now that I think about it, a Minnesota beer would be Grain Belt, um, which is terrible. But <laughs> but how how amazing! Like Tanner Morgan, you think of that guy, and you're like, he just is a thirty rack of something bad. Like he, he <laughs> you're having a great time. You might even have you might even have an unforgettable an unforgettable time with that 30 rack but at the end of the day like would you choose the 30 rack over some other opportunities out there maybe sometimes but not all the time right he's he's the camo print too which i think is really important very much so the camo print bush light absolutely you take you take him out hunting Mm -hmm. i do like like that that Tanner, tanner morgan doesn't love when passes are called even though he's the quarterback, <laughs> he's just like, I mean, he's, he's old reliable. He's the beer you use for beer pong. You're always going to have fun playing beer pong. You're nice. You, you're not going to get anything. In, you're not going into that expecting some great experience, but it's always going to come through for you. It's perfect for the use case. He's a part of the great evening. Like the bush light isn't the reason the night is great. There are a lot of other activities. Tanner Morgan is just an accessory to a pretty good time, which is Minnesota football. I would agree with that. Okay. A time so, that might even surprise people. You might even get through it and you're like, you know what? This wasn't really that bad. After a while, after you get used to it, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But too much of it can be a really bad thing. It can be very bad. Too much Minnesota football is a very bad thing. I'll tell you that. Detrimental for, there's a surgeon, should be a Surgeon General's warning on Minnesota football. <laughs> but then you have Indiana football, which is a whole different kind of crazy. And, and you have, they did have basically the same quarterback they had always had since forever in a like 
guy that was out of the pistol in Peyton Ramsey and like insert every other quarterback ever who just like wasn't quite was it Nate Sudfeld I'm trying to think of some other guys just like insert name here he was right. boring and it could never get him over the it could never get him over the top it was a boring drink and then all of a sudden out of nowhere Michael Penix Jr. bursts on the scene much like Fireball did a couple of years ago on the bar scene changed the game changed everything for him they had to re-sheme around this guy and it was working so i mean cinnamon whiskey out of nowhere huh yeah i mean the again the experience is really fun like it, it it's a good time like it's a party starter you never quite know where it's going to end up uh, I think he is, he's that little bit of energy that, you know, any party that's, that's lacking any game that's boring, he, he gets one seam and he's gone. He's very it, fireballish. I agree. Yeah, it is. It, whenever the game is starting to lull, uh, much like maybe your bar experience, you order around a fireball shots, throw a little Michael Penix option in there. Yeah. It's lightning in a bottle, baby. Like, yeah, it's like 1145 and the decision could easily be made to go home. Easily. <laughs> yeah. But then but you bust out a little Michael Penix Jr. and all of a sudden it's it's 3 a.m. and you don't know what's happening. <laughs> and maybe it was a bad idea, but you know. it might have been. It might have been. <laughs> you might still lose, but it was fun. You probably you had a good actually, time. Actually, you probably will lose. You'll definitely There's, never be any historic. Team. Historically speaking, you're going to lose the game. <laughs> Which leads us to another guy who is. Uh, been losing games on behalf of his coach for quite some time. One, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. And I'll let you take this one. Yeah, so Adrian Martinez is, and again, this is personal preference. So there's probably going to be some people that hear this and are like, oh, what are you talking about? This is one of my favorite drinks. It's one of the oldest brands in the book. It's one of the biggest hitters. Uh-huh. And that would be, uh, he, he's a gin martini. Um, because again, similarly to a Bloody Mary, you hear that and you're like, Ooh, that sounds good. This has the potential to be really great. Right. And then in practice, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's just, it's just simply not good. There's olives involved in. Well, wait, 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 wait. First of all, you probably shouldn't ever have Adrian Martinez straight. Like, yes. N- neat you don't want just just the gin that's not going to be a great thing no drop back adrian martinez is not what you want (laughs) so you try and dress it up right you know you're trying to dress your gin up and then you talk about it a lot about how you made this new cocktail might even instagram might even share it about how great it's it is and it's going to be your friends might even be impressed your friends might even buy in that your gin is good and then you know season comes around and oh you forget that gin does actually suck. And, and we've talked ourselves into this gin martini concoction. That yeah. was, we never you, wanted so it. You get to the bar, you walk up to order a drink, and you look at the menu, and you're like, oh, I, oh, that's right, this sucks. There's like <laughs> 10 other things I could get that are way better. Even if I get 10 drinks tonight, I probably won't get a gin martini. Well, it uh, had an incredible opportunity cost too because this gin drink's going to cost more than just you know ordering a beer adrian martinez you you bought a four-year quarterback and it's not going to improve and you've already done this we know how this works yep remember that and it's a 
it's a real hit to your pride too if you don't follow through. Like it says a lot about you as a person and as a fan base if you don't follow through on letting this be your four year drink. That's you like, can't you can't just not be a gin guy without right. holding but up your hand and taking the L. I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't talk shit and then order the gin and then not finish the drink. I mean, yeah. and, then get to, and then get to the bar and realize, yeah, this is a bad idea. You can't do it. You can't yeah. walk away. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have it. You gotta swallow that, swallow that gin pride. That's um, an L that you just must simply hold. So, which leads us to Wisconsin's uh, Jack Cone, which he he's he is not alcohol. He's milk. He is. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't that. get more whole milk than jack cone i mean you go to that I mean, bar he, his, his full name is eight letters long uh <laughs> i think that up. itself is damning um, um I, I think that's bad i just he's he's so he's such a like uh, such a milk toast amalgamation of every wisconsin quarterback ever like that's you know what i mean aside from russell wilson literally aside from one ever he is the most generic version of whatever a Wisconsin quarterback is supposed to be. And that's just milk to me. It's not unique. It's not new. It's been around forever. It's never changed. People try to do fancy things like make it organic or almond or whatever, but it's or just, oat, just not gonna work. there you go. Oh yeah. It's just <laughs> not going to work. It's still milk at the end of the day. And that's, that to me is Jack Cone. But you know what though? Like it, it does because of its normalcy, it almost sticks out. Like there's a consistency in it, and also 100%. it's been around and it's been successful. It's a part of a winning program. I mean, it's been around for a long time. Cereal is great for a reason. Milk's like, been around for a long time. People forget. <laughs> people, people, they don't like to talk about it. Milk, <laughs> milk is really it's a consistent player. <laughs> you know, you don't always know what you're getting, and when it goes bad, it can go. It's it's just really bad. Yeah, like it's it's and go bad. When you add bad. pressure to milk, the heat, it goes bad fast. That cone doesn't Oof. handle the heat well. No, 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 no. That's bad. So now, you guys, so it's milk. So why, now we're getting to some areas where we don't exactly know who's going to start. Um, so we're going to have to make some broader generalizations with their program. Not that we haven't done that already, but okay. this <laughs> leads us to. The great debate on who will win this September's Heisman, Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton. Um, what do you think? First, who do you think the starter will be? Oh, that's a tremendous question. Uh, I think it'll be Dylan McCaffrey because he's played. Um, Milton, I don't know. I just feel like they'll go with the safer thing. And McCaffrey, to his credit, as we'll say with this, uh, you know, with this comparison he's looked good like the, the it's all there like he's got the brand name it's a brand name school your your hopes are probably pretty high when you hear about this drink or you're you're at least like giving it the benefit of the doubt like if not you're, you're like you know what probably gonna be good could be good and that to me is bud light seltzer like it it's one of those ultimate like it sounded like a good idea at the time uh and in practice as somebody who has made the mistake of having this drink, uh, it's not good. Uh, it, it's just, it's just simply not good. Well, uh, you know, the other piece is pedestrian. It's, it, it's just not nearly as good as its 
tried and true older brother Bud Light in Christian McCaffrey. You know, it's just fantastic point. It's just you, you're trying to do something that's new and hip and play quarterback. And honestly, Bud, you're not even the best in this little area of seltzers. You know, Claw yeah. and Truly are, are even are just bounds better. So, yeah, miles better. It's a tough scene for Michigan quarterback with the Bud Light Seltzer situation. I mean, like, you'll you, you'll have it. You're not happy about it, you know? No. Not, it wasn't the first choice. Well, I will tell you this. The fans are very excited about Bud Light Seltzer. And we'll talk about how great Bud Light Seltzer is ad nauseum. Yep, um, absolutely. A very dedicated fan base. There's no question. But they can't admit to themselves that maybe Bud Light cells are just, it's not, it's not bad. It's just not that good, you know? And, and coming, to, coming to terms with that is difficult for them. Put it, put it this way. It's not what you want it to be. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not it's never not as good as you want it to be. Nope. Which, which leads us to a um, Northwestern situation. We talked about uh, Peyton Ramsey earlier, transferred to Northwestern. I think they are actually looking for the type of crap consistency that they one could want from an Indiana quarterback based on what happened last year with Northwestern's yeah. QB room. They, um, they strive to have an Indiana quality quarterback at this point, which is, you know, not good. Um, so, these so guys, go it's ahead. Not, it's, well, it's him and Hunter Johnson, remember, an import from uh, Two imports. ABC. Two imports coming in. Um, and we are not impressed with the import. No. This one's um, This is Foster's. Australian phobia. Um, and to me, this is just, you want, again, you, you're bringing it in. You bring it in from a place, especially when you look at Clemson and Hunter Johnson, a place you trust to mm-hmm. evaluate this product. Mm-hmm. I trust Australia to evaluate beer because they just seem like they're having a good time all the time. Exactly. And, and yet, if you've ever tried Foster's, extremely pedestrian, super disappointing. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. And you know what? They've done a good on them. They've done a great job. Again, Northwestern, we said it last year. We're like, damn, this kid was the number one quarterback. They might be good. Can you believe sure. it? No. Fact is, they were somewhat substantially worse than before. Uh, and so, actually, yeah. Made Michigan State's offense look competent by comparison, which is a tough scene. That is as as damning a, a statement as there is for last year. So, um, yes, they they are they are Fosters. Now, our next one, another team not necessarily known for its quarterback play, is Maryland. Now, Maryland has again kind of a two QB thing going on. There's Josh Jackson, who's a transfer from Virginia Tech, and Tyrell Pigrome, who has been there for seemingly a thousand years. Now, these guys, to me, John, they're tequila. Mm-hmm. Again. It seems like fun. When it's going well, it's going really well. Well, it see, always goes well at the beginning, Austin. Yeah, that's exactly right. When you play Texas specifically, um, <laughs> it goes really well. And then it, it you black out and things it, go off the so You're hurt. You actually get hurt drinking. Yeah. You will physically hurt yourself at some point in the evening if you're only drinking tequila. So, yes. This checks out. Also, Maryland quarterbacks and their offense, for that matter, incredibly volatile, incredibly all over the map. Incredibly. 
remarkably volatile. High octane, high ceiling, low floor. It's all over the place. Um, You're not going to get much consistency. And certainly rarely in between, in the middle. We'll never really find a middle ground here. Oh, no. <laughs> it's either great or just terrible at the season end. They've given or just absolutely the worst thing possible. So looking forward to who they land on. I'm going to guess it's Josh Jackson um, just for the hype alone. But uh, we'll see. Um, I guess this leads us to Michigan State. Um, this is probably where they fit on the talent area. Um, you know, we are not 100% sure who's going to be the starter. Um, I know you have voiced on last week's live cast. Uh, you threw your hat in the ring. You put your sword out and down to fight for one Theo Day. It's true. Um I'm willing to go to bat for Theo Day because I just don't think. Mostly because of, not because of anything to do with Theo Day. If right. I it's, because, it's, it's mostly because of Rocky Lombardi. I'm playing the uh, always uh, cheering for the backup move here, the Damian sure. Terry move, as they labeled it um, in many places. Uh, and, and Rocky, to me, again, he, he just seems like a vodka Red Bull. Like, you get one speed and one speed only. It is a, a ball thrown as hard as possible, ideally through the defender instead of over or around them or into the open parts of the field. Uh, and, and that's the same thing with vodka Red Bull. If you're doing it, you are making a decision. You don't get a vodka, like, okay, you get a sugar-free vodka and Red Bull. Like, it's still a vodka Red Bull. Like you're, you, Maybe he puts a little bit of touch and throws it over a linebacker's hands one time. It's still a vodka red. Um, <laughs> oh, I, Day, I don't know what Theo Day is. Theo Day is some imaginary drink I heard of one time. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds nice. And I've never tried. <laughs> well, Rocky is definitely vodka red bull because the man is going to choose to run through the wall over maybe the easier option of passing or even no. running out of bounds. He's going to choose pain, which is generally what you're doing when you're choosing to mix an upper and a downer at the same time. <laughs> but hey, it's your body, do what you want to do with it. Theo Day, yeah, I, I like to think as him as uh, right now, um, for me, he he is, who I'm going out the seat of my pants because I'm making it up on the fly here. Love it. In the nicest way possible, I'd make a, like a wine cooler. Like he's too young and maybe not quite ready for the spotlight, but damn it, it's all we have in the fridge, and I'm getting drunk tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <it's>... yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, like all I got, it, and it's it was brought than over by a friend one time for a barbecue, and like the the guy's gone, but it's all we have left. The beer's gone, the vodka's gone. Um, but I mean, it seems good. We'll try it. I mean, we're gonna do it. We know, we don't have to like it um yeah. maybe but it's happening maybe, maybe it'll be our new favorite thing odds are it we won't be. odds are it won't be but we're gonna have all of it the full yeah, we're gonna finish it oh we're gonna finish it yeah. and you know what worst comes to worst we'll go right back to running through brick walls <laughs> we can easily pivot back to yeah we can, we can pivot back to the extremes there's no question there um so then we got iowa who is i guess they don't have much of a, a controversy they're pretty um, hot and bothered by 
one Spencer, Spencer Petras, who is a redshirt sophomore, apparently uh, the obvious heir apparent to Nate Stanley, um, which just tells me this guy was just like the best three-star quarterback in the state of Iowa. Yeah, it means he's, and I think, John, it means he's tall and white. Um, and that would be our friend Spencer Petras, who reminds me of grain alcohol. Because there's really, like, he's an Iowa court. This is more of an indictment of the program than it is of our friend Spencer, but he, that's just what they are. Like, you know, again, you know what you're getting. It can mm-hmm. be so bad that you're going to go absolutely blackout blind, but it's consistent. You know what, that's it. You could actually lose your sight if you drink too much of it or watch too much Iowa football. Um, and really with Iowa quarterbacks, it's pretty much either bringing literally nothing to the table or being uh, hilariously bad. I think Nate Stanley is a perfect, perfect example because he operated on, on either extreme exclusively. There is no, there is no middle of the road. CJ better. Same. He's good. Exactly. Ricky Stanzi. Yeah. I mean, some very memorable names. But I think of Nate Stanley and his game against Michigan State. I think he was a sophomore when he tried to throw the ball and instead – they had a chance to win at MSU. And instead, yep. basically, it was during the nine-win season, ten-win season, he just dropped the ball. Like, he did, the hand went forward, the ball stayed back. Just fumbled it, I think, in his own red Into zone. Our like, in the yeah. red zone. Right. Sealed the game, more yeah. or less. Absolutely. I assume we'll get more of the same here from Iowa. Um well, it's a world I'm comfortable in. A nine and three Iowa, I, I would love to return to a, the consistency of death taxes and nine and three Iowa ranked twentieth mm-hmm. in the. I mean, it feels inevitable. Spencer might be the guy to do it. Although typically, when the quarterbacks are younger, mm-hmm. like they kind of progress with the quarterbacks. So we're probably looking at a six and six, seven and yeah, five. Yeah, they'll Iowa. grow back into that uh, yep. ten win. And spurt. then he'll be blind drunk grain alcohol Spencer by senior year. Purdue's is a layup. This one made too much sense to have uh, Jack Plummer here or Aiden O'Connell, which might be the most Irish name I've ever heard. Uh, (laughs) Jack, son of one Jake the Snake Plummer. um, This is a a beer that, much like Jack, your dad drinks, but it's not good. And that is a Boilermaker. Um, yeah, he just used to have them with his old like uh, UAW buddies, mm-hmm. like have, have them down at the another abbreviation the VFW with mm-hmm. his his pals. A um, lot of leather going on, cigar mm-hmm. cigarettes being smoked, and just hammering boilermakers while they're playing uh, Kino. Like and that's what you, I picture. Oh yes, very foggy um, cigarette situation in that bar. Ben, we both know this bar. We're very familiar with this bar yes. and this exact scene, I think. Jack finally, he he is a Boilermaker. You finally got your hands on that, the taste that your dad and his buddies were drinking. And candidly, it's not good. Um, not as good <laughs> as you wanted it to be. Um, that is the Jack Plummer experience, I'm guessing as well. Not as good as his dad. So, no. um, that sounded fun. Which brings us to Illinois, and this one makes a lot of sense for me. They are choosing between a redshirt freshman and a true freshman, and I got to tell you, we got to stay regional, right? Yeah, oh yeah. This one felt like uh, it had to be Malort. I mean, this is one where these quarterbacks, um, if you 
do it long enough, you might actually you might actually build a tolerance and a taste for it even after years and years of it, which is what Illinois is going to have to do here. Years and years of these guys um, before you can palate this uh, this drink. If you can deal with years and years of just bad quarterback play, you, you might enjoy Matt Robinson and Isaiah Williams. At least that's what we assume of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to you, it tastes fine. But then if anybody else has it, it's like a joke. Like it's the thing you try to get people to watch or do. You're like, hey, have a shot of Malort. People are like, what's that? It's like watch Illinois football. People are like, what's that? And then they have to see these quarterbacks you're play. Like, so what is it? Or- like football and you're like it's yeah. it's it's fun like it's actually kind yeah. of a fun thing and then they watch it and you're like no part of this was fun there was no <laughs> this was bad in fact in fact i thought you liked me like are we not friends <laughs> did i do something that made you upset what did i do and why do they keep advertising this damn pan this gotham <laughs> steel pan <laughs> uh, what channel is this how did you yeah. find this team is this in english um <laughs> so that's illinois football and then finally we have uh but we always save the best for last as they say and that is those are our dear friends in piscataway the butt rutgers lost your sound austin little bit okay you still can't hear me i got you now okay sorry about that um so i i would say the 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 rutgers is a hell of a three-headed snake situation here in our friend johnny langan cole snyder and artur sitkowski they are some of the more uh, they, they combine to have some of the more illegible box scores, unbelievable box scores that you've ever seen in your entire life. Something that you can't get out with just alcohol. Mm-mm. You can't, it just isn't going to do the trick. You're, if you're in this, you're, you're in it for a very specific reason. And that is, so these guys are just bleach. There's no alternative. You're not using this to drink. You are using this type of alcohol to remove permanent stains. Mm-hmm. You can never undo this. You can try. The bleach won't. The bleach can't get the blood out. It is a stain. Okay. We've tried. It's there. You'll never undo it's it. It's a pink carpet now. Just embrace it. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see you at Greg. Can you imagine Greg Schiano walking into this quarterback room and just being like, whew. I, I just really hope that, like, we could get like a 24 seven or like a, some type of video crew, like they're doing for the last dance, like just somebody to follow him for a year just to see what happens. Like I, I the, the, when he doesn't think he's being recorded moments, the come to Jesus moments where he's sitting in his office and he's just like, and like the lights just go off because they forgot to pay the electric bill or something like that. Sure. Normal he's just thing like, to happen. He's like, Whoa, like, listen, this is great money, but at what cost? This is the Wario meme where it's I've won, but at what cost? <laughs> uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I personally can't wait. I'm very excited to see what happens here. I just pray to God they play the games. Um, you know, I, I have to believe that Greg Schiano, his phone wallpaper 
is um, a screenshot of his bank account. So that every time he go, goes through his phone, it's just like this, right, yes, I'm wow, rich. That, that's why, that's why. That's, that's why, why I'm why. doing this. Okay. Oh, my God. I was going to throw my phone, but now I feel a little better. Yeah. Seeing multiple or, comments helps me. Or, or it just says, everything's fine. <laughs> that pops up and just says, everything's fine. Breathe. From your wife. Breathe. I love you. Woosa. I love Don't you. Just a picture it. of his wife, for the love of God. Um, all right. Well, that was really fun. We love ranking stuff here. So if you guys have more stuff for us to rank, we'll do it. And make random vague comparisons. We're really into it. We'll do our best. Um, yeah. Wow. We did the whole pod. Man, that flew by. I know. It was great. Hour and 15. We wow. gave, hope we gave you guys enough content here. Um, John, we'll, I guess we'll just catch him in two weeks, right? We're going to do a stream next week. So you guys vote on whatever game you want us to watch. We've done two football games so far. So I feel like we should do a basketball one next week. I kind of want to rewatch the Northwestern 26 point comeback or whatever. Yeah. That, also because it has a lot of dudes that, you know, we just maybe could have been, wish we would have been seen play last month. So. Yep. I agree. Okay. I like that one. We'll put the voting out there, but that, that might just be the uh, leader in the clubhouse. So, all right, guys, as always, thanks for sticking with us. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch you in two weeks. See ya.